Happy Halloween! Witches, bitches, and weirdlings to our new adventure in life. Our very own true crime and just all around creepy podcast. Creepy, creepy. <laughs> we are so grateful and thankful to you for pressing that play button to hear our very first terrifying tale Thursday. What? What? So exciting. I know. Nervous excited. Yes. You know, Amanda, nothing beats chilling with your bestie, mm-hmm. discussing true crime while burning incense and sage. That is the best. So, I figured we can shout out our local supplier. <laughs> uh, our favorite store. Yes. The absolutely beautiful Alchemy and Ashes. We love you guys. Located on 54 in Odessa. Correct. Look them up on the Facebook, guys. They are awesome. Yes. So, Odessa is in... You know, the great old crime shine state of Florida. We're two besties who love talking about the abnormal, morbid shit that happens in this world. Yep. And so, you know, we love to talk about it. So with the supportive push from our significant others, a.k.a. our partners in crime. Hey, guys. <laughs> we are going to start this new journey. Also, we have we've talked about, you know, doing a podcast for a while and then hearing Morbid, a true crime podcast, they just lit the fire under ass and we just wanted to fucking just get it done. Yeah. So here we are just doing it. We are Patreons for life because they are that awesome at what they do Mm -hmm. and they've been mentors and they don't even know it. What up, girls? Yes. What up, Alina and Ash? They are fucking awesome. So you guys that live up north near Massachusetts, they, I'm sorry, Rhode Island. I think they sold out of that other show. But they have a show in Rhode Island. So check them out, guys. Check them out on their social media pages and you probably have, there's more information there. So this bitch, Carissa, just came from up north, which I would like to be right now in the nice cool weather. So fucking awesome. I went to Salem. Bitch. <laughs> And it was just amazing. If anybody is down for that or has that has like an interest in that, you need to go. So we will be planning a trip. No need to be a hater. I'm hating. <laughs> it's understandable because I'd be the same way. I love history. I'd be a bitter bitch. <laughs> I will be until I go. I'll be it a was, baby. It was fucking beautiful, guys. The like weather is so different than down here in fucking Florida where the weather is like the devil's taint. <laughs> so fucking hot it's so disgusting yeah like you think that a rainstorm would help no no it makes it worse and then you have swamp bath and then you have a bunch of problems it's just a lot of work so many other problems that you didn't think you have nope let's get twisted with our twisted teas and start this twisted ass story sponsorship yes one night 
So, weirdlings, people always say you should watch her back when it comes to family and friends, but in this case, she should have watched her front. Well, maybe her back. Keep listening, and you guys decide whether you think this is a murder or a freak accident. Seriously. Mm-hmm. You should watch everyone. Yes, absolutely. 360. Yep, absolutely. Just walk in a circle for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. That's true, though. <laughs> It really is. Watch all peripheral models. (laughs) So our first case starts in Bellevue, Florida, which is about an hour and a half from where we are. On June 4th, 2018, friends Virginia and Robin were making plans to celebrate Robin's 63rd birthday. They had made reservations at a local hotel for the night of June 8th, which was Robin's actual birthday. You know, just trying to celebrate, have a great time. They were living their life to the fullest. Living their best life. But unfortunately, one of them would not make it to the celebration. Mm, makes my heart hurt. Following morning, June 5th, 2018, Lena Upson and her late husband were eagerly awaiting their daughter Robin to bring them breakfast as she did every morning. Mm-hmm. Robin was her parents' caretaker. She used to bring them breakfast, make sure they took their medication. She would take them to the store, whatever they needed to get done because they don't drive. So as the morning came and went, Lena had messaged Robin through her iPad around two to three times that day and did not get a response back. Like any mother with a child, she would patiently await to hear from her daughter. By Wednesday, June 6, 2018, a very upset Lena still didn't hear from Robin. So she then called Virginia, which is Robin's best friend of 25 years, and she had made the birthday plans with Robin. Mm -hmm. She didn't specify what day, or I mean, sorry, she didn't specify the time of day that she had reached out to Virginia. So I'm not positive about that. That must have been agonizing. I I just could not imagine not hearing from my daughter. That you are normally so close to. Yeah, like you communicate all the time when it's just like for that to go from to nothing oh my god my heart I just it's hard to think about Mm, I can't imagine I would I would not even want to imagine for Virginia you know she was her best friend for 25 years and they had plans so she probably was just like what is happening because you know if she was she probably was looking forward to them I would think Uh, of course who wouldn't I if we made plans, I'd be looking forward to going, spending a night at a hotel, drinking, having a great time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure she reached out to Virginia because, again, Virginia had made the plans with Robin. Mm-hmm. And this is two days prior to when they had the plans. On the 6th is when Lena reached out to her. But to Lena's dismay, Virginia also hadn't heard from Robin since June 4th when they originally made the plans. So as Robin's birthday comes and goes with no word from her that's when her best friend virginia and her husband randy went to robin's home and the day was on june 11th to check on her so when virginia and randy arrive at robin's home robin's truck was not in the driveway they had went into her home and found that her four cats and four dogs were without any food or water and there was feces and urine all over her home which would give me cause to pause because as you know virginia is robin's best friend she would know she would never leave her animals in that kind of a condition yeah she loved her animals. Mm-hmm. She, like us, are animal lovers. Yeah. So we would never abandon our animals like that. And that's just a scene that you would walk into and you would have to think her stomach would be in her asshole. She's like, she doesn't know what's going on right now. Like, yeah. I would be like, what the fuck is happening? The first thing Virginia wanted to do was give water to the animals. So as she goes over to the sink to get the water, no water is going to the home. So Randy walked around, started walking around Robin's home and noticed that water was squirting out of the ground and... When he walked over there, he noticed there was a broken pipe. He also saw by that broken pipe a chainsaw laying on the ground. 
So he figured since it was raining and it was going to rain again later that night, he was going to just pick up the chainsaw and put it in the garage like any friend would. Mm -hmm. At that point, I don't think they were thinking anything. They were just in the moment and just trying to be good friends. And they just clean up her house. Correct. So Randy did shut off the main water pipe to fix the portion of the other pipe that was broken. And which he did. He went ahead and capped it off and fixed it. Well, when he tried turning the main pump back on, it wouldn't turn back on. At least he tried. I mean, he fixed the pipe. It was obviously something else wrong. That's when Virginia contacted Lena and told her the situation at Robin's home. And then Lena would send over a plumber to fix the main water pipe. June 14th, which was a Thursday, the water pump was fixed. So Virginia would go back over to Robin's house to finish cleaning up Robin's home. She brought a mop, bucket, and everything and was starting to clean the home. In the midst of her cleaning, that's when the Marion County Police Department showed up at Robin's home. They started to tape off Robin's home with crime scene tape. And while Virginia is watching them tape off her home, Lena contacts Virginia to let her know that Robin was indeed found deceased. That's horrible. Guys, as this case starts moving forward, we are going to get bits and pieces that will bring this puzzle together. So bear with us because we're going to kind of go back and forth on the days. It, you'll understand what we're saying and, and the story itself will come together. On June 11th, a hiker would be walking in the Ocala National Forest and notice a bunch of turkey vultures. He states that he saw around 70 to 90 turkey vultures. Holy shit, that's a shit ton of that. I've never, yeah, you don't see that many in one area, really, unless it's a large. The most I've actually, I would say, seen would be about nine, ten. Yeah, at the most. I've never, that is pause, two pause. Absolutely. Red flag, blinking red light. Yeah. Obviously, he's thinking, what, you know, what is going on? So Mm -hmm. he walks over to where the turkey vultures were surrounding and noticed a large, it was something large covered with a sheet. Had a walking stick. So he walked up, it was just on the ground? Yeah. Okay. And it was covered by a sheet? Yeah, there was a sheet covering. He took his walking stick and lifted it up, and that's when he saw that it was a torso. Now, the torso did have partial limbs still, the arms and the legs. It was partially on. He found a torso with no... No head. From the mid-thigh down, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. From mid-arm down, nothing. And then no head was discovered. So he immediately contacted the Marion County Sheriff's Office that was then dispatched to where the remains were found. When they went there, again, they roped off the perimeter mm-hmm. and then put the crime scene tape around the perimeter. The reason why they did the perimeter is because if there's any evidence on the ground, they don't want to lose that. So he yeah. made a very wide perimeter. When the crime scene technician went there, they then took pictures of the body because there were tattoos on the remains. Mm-hmm. They would then upload that photo in hopes to identify the body because there is no dental records. There's nothing to check dental records because there is no head. There are no hands, so you can't do fingerprints. There's mm-hmm. no other way to identify the remains other than the tattoo that was found. So the Marion County Sheriff's Department ended up uploading the tattoo that they photographed to their Facebook page where she was identified as Robin Upson. So I am going to go back again, guys. I told you a few days. Um, on June 3rd, Robin would go to her neighbor's house where she would ask Mike if he could come over and help her friend Christopher Tikvar with a tree that was leaning towards her home. Like any good neighbor would, Mike was happy to help her. Mike went down to Robin's home and met with Christopher for the first time and the last. Mike was at Robin's house for about two to three hours. As he was leaving, Christopher would give Mike a pack of rolling papers and two business cards. Now, remember that because later in our podcast, that will make sense. Mm-hmm. On June 6th, Christopher Chikbar would go to Robin's mother's house to ask to borrow her van. Lena was a 
little concerned because Robin was not with Christopher, which was a little odd because Robin and Christopher are always together when they would go to... When he was in Florida, yeah. Right, because he helped her take care of her, her parents at times and mm-hmm. help, you know, her parents do little, you know, odd ends here and there. She ended up asking Christopher um, where her daughter was, and he had told Lena that they had gotten to an argument and that she had left in her truck. So now he needed to borrow her van to run errands because he had helped cut trees down and he needed to get rid of them. Lena said he could borrow her van, but to make sure he returned it before dark. Well, the day came and went, and Chris did not return her van. So later that night, Lena would message Christopher through her iPad to ask where he was and where her van was. He never responded to her that night. On June 7th, Lena wrote Christopher for the last time and told him that she was going to contact the police department to report her van stolen. He never returned it. As she should, because he fucking stole it. Correct. That is the only time Christopher responded back stating, why would you do that? You gave me permission to borrow your van. Lena still contacted the Mary County Sheriff's Department to report her van stolen. Detective Levy would meet with Lena and take the report. Later, a warrant would be issued for Christopher Tavar. She also had mentioned to Detective Levy that she had not heard from her daughter and that Christopher had told her that him and Robin had gotten to an argument and Robin had gotten in her truck and left. Lena said she did feel like he might have had something to do with her daughter's disappearance and was worried for her safety. That poor woman. I know. I, I just, my yeah. heart goes out to Robin's family. Yeah, definitely. I and can't friends. imagine mm-hmm. at all. And, like, ugh, just horrible. Gruesome discovery, like, that way. It's just despicable. Let's travel to Jefferson, Texas. It's August 21st and we're at the Harrison County Police Station. Christopher Lee Talkvar was brought in on the Grand Theft Warrant a few days earlier, August 15th. So about a month and a day has passed since the, it was issued. He had fled to his mother's house because, you know, moms make everything better. We do. Mm-hmm. So Detective Levy makes Chris very comfortable talking about how beautiful Hawaii and Maui are. He wanted to hear Chris's story of how things happen pertaining to the theft and Robin. Detective Levy even was trying to help his mom and his grandma with visiting him in jail because I guess they were having issues with that. I just wanted to make that clear and state that because this little fuckbag, sorry, (laughs) was read his Miranda rights and was treated respectfully by the police department and Detective Levy. He tries to claim otherwise later on. Just really annoying. After this, Chris agreed to keep talking to Detective Levy. He started by asking him if he first came to Florida from Hawaii. Chris stated that he left Hawaii to Florida to help his friend Robin with her parents and chores and miscellaneous stuff around the house. His words, I'm sure the mom, hopefully the mom, told you I was very helpful around there, but maybe not. Detective Levy then confirms that Lena, Robin's mother, not the fucking mom. That's irritating. As fuck. Really? Mm-hmm. The nerve this guy has sometimes. Chris states that, and the reason he needed to borrow Lena's van was that the tr- he was cutting trees and Robin had gotten upset with him. And he doesn't know if it was mood swings or what, but she wanted a professional to handle the trees and had wanted him out of her house. Christopher goes on to say that Robin had kicked him out of her house and had gotten very angry and d- asked Detective Levy if he knew about Robin's history. Before Christopher could finish that sentence, Detective Levy said, if you're talking about Robin's head injury from when she was 19, I'm well aware of that. Christopher also went on to say, Robin was recently on trial for assaulting a police officer because she was kicking out one of her other friends. He says that it was this, like it was like the same situation that's happened to him recently. 
okay. And that Robin had thrown out her friend and was doing the same to him. So my thought of that is get a fucking hotel and your friendship if she's so horrible to you. Right. That's what I would do. Yeah, I think that's what any reasonable person would do. He explains that he goes to Lena's house because Robin had kicked him out of the house the night before. And the next morning, she wasn't around. He went to the mom's house and this twat likes to say the mom a lot in his in the court document and it annoys the fuck out of me i'm sorry it just really bothers me i think it's so fucking disrespectful to say it that way went to lena's house in his words look can i borrow your car robin's robin's not here fucking chilling words because she's not with him. And he continues, the truck's not here. I need, you know, to do some chores and, and, you know, take care of my stuff. And basically, honestly, what I had planned to do was to go to the airport and, you know, have my friend wire me some money for a plane ticket. Mm, I guess that didn't happen. Which never happened. Of course not. I wonder fucking why. Well, we all see very soon why. No one could front him money. I ended up taking a Greyhound from Orlando and that's basically what happened. And it's completely unfortunate. You know, I, I, Robin's mom gave me permission via, what's that called? The internet? The Facebook? Levy's like, messenger? <laughs> twat. Yeah, messenger. Finally, I'm just gonna say I'm sorry for the twat and the twat var. That's what I'm gonna start calling him from now on because I can't stand him and I'm just apologizing now. He leaves the van at the Orlando airport for Lena's mother to pick up. How is Lena's mother supposed to pick this up? She doesn't drive. Exactly. And, and he, he knows, knows that. that. Okay, so he left it at the Orlando airport for her to pick up because mm-hmm. he was trying to get a flight back to Hawaii. He was unable to, I guess, get assistance from any of his friends to get the ticket, so he took the bus to Texas to his mom's. Mm-hmm. Abandoned, like you said, she can't drive, so abandoning a disabled woman's van at an airport that is about two hours, if not more away from her house, depending on traffic as well, because traffic is a bitch going to Orlando. Oh, absolutely. You're going to tell me that that's, like, a good idea? I mean, that sh- it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And he's like, it's just, he's just fucking rude. Just so rude. But he says that this is all just a big misunderstanding because Lena had given him permission to use the van whenever he was visiting Robin, which was like three to four times in four years. I thought was interesting because Mike only met him one time, he said. That was the first time he met him. Really? I didn't realize he was there more than just one time. Yeah, he said three to four times in four years or something like that. He probably lied about that too, though. Yeah, he's, you know. Mm-hmm. What he does best. But, it, I mean, also, there's other people that, like, I don't talk to my neighbors that that many of them either. So, no, you know, there's also that side of things that people don't always talk to their neighbors. True. He talks about installing French doors in her house and that he w- has had shit in her house and her friend Ben was staying there as well. And Levy had asked if this was the guy from before that he was talking about that, you know, who has the same situation as him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Twatvar interrupts him and says, yes, sir. Ben was a bad guy, and he tried to warn Robin of this and that he had wished that he had saved the guy's threatening uh, messages that were on instant messenger. And that how he wished that he saved the messages, but he didn't. He remembered when he was slipping through to give Robin a screenshot. I have no idea what he means by that. He rambles a fucking lot. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But back to Benjamin. He had threatened him because he had did laser removal for like 10 years. Twatvar had. Like he was, um, he said he had done it for 10 years. Okay. So he did it on Ben. Mm, yeah. So this guy, Ben, winds up in the hospital regarding the laser and has a hernia or something. These are his words. And ended up in the ER and was told that he needed to get a skin graft and is scarred for fucking life. Are you serious? And blah, 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 blah. He has... <laughs> 
can't stand. He's a dick. So the doctor just scared Ben. And he also states that Ben and the doctor just don't understand. I'm just like, what do you, like, are you assuming that he means like, that it's not because of him and it's just how it looks at first? You know, when you first get a laser removal, like, that's just how it's supposed to look. But I don't think a doctor would tell him that. Oh, just get some Neosporins and you, you need some healing, bro. You're fine. No, I'm sure if he needed a skin graft, it probably was pretty bad to need a skin graft. <laughs> like, if not, Neosporin ain't gonna fix that, sweetheart. Like, the fuck, bro? You aren't a health professional. Like, at all. Fucking twat of all trades. And so Ben was pissed, rightfully so, and he had threatened Twatvar by cutting his throat from ear to ear. I mean, that's a little extreme. A little extreme. Yeah, but you know what? How do we really know Ben said that? This is just what Twatvar is saying. You're right. I'm just saying it's just a little extreme. It just seems like he's I guess being pissed. I mean vulgar like that's a little much that's what i'm saying like it's a little much you can see certain things like when yeah, you're like I'm gonna F and kill you <laughs> yeah but to, yeah no i wouldn't say that he was so scared of this guy and he was terrified and he just thought he shouldn't be around robin which turned out to be fucking ironic he's just an asshole and robin's not here so yeah so he says that he believes that he is going by benny blanco now which is the name out of scarface are you serious <laughs> i swear that's what he says <laughs> oh my god so, like, he's so freaking cool, guys. He says there was this incident that happened when he was installing those French doors and he was a sweepy and could feel a little bit of tension between Robin and Ben. And he had left back to Texas with his tattoo chairs because he did uh, a tattoo shop with Robin. And then a week later, he was back in Hawaii and she just got thrown in jail because of this incident. All this was running through his head when you know he had to borrow the other vehicle. He had no other option because Robin was throwing him out on the streets and it was raining outside. Welcome to fucking Florida in fucking June. Not like that, but, you know, cry me a fucking river, dude. But, I mean, that's Florida in June, bro. Like, it just seems like he wants to be the victim in everything oh, that's happened. Oh, he's definitely the victim in this. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wait. So, with this horrible weather outside, and he had to look out for his best interests at this point. He just wanted to go back to Hawaii, and which didn't happen, unfortunately. He says he feels horrible that he didn't respond to Lena after she threatened to call the cops on him, which is a fucking normal response when someone steals your fucking car. Right. I just can't stand him. I'm sorry. He says, and I'm like, what are you calling the cops for? You gave me permission, just like you stated before. So he does tell some half-truths. Like, he tells only certain things. Right. Detective Levy then, you know, explains to Twatvar what Lena had told him. And basically, it was what you said previously. So he confirms that he was supposed to bring back her van before it was dark, but instead left it in Orlando at the airport that is literally two hours away from her home. They do not drive. That's just normal, you know? Nothing strange. No, not at all. Everybody does that. And then to be shocked that she's called the cops on you, and instead of responding to her message, you choose to instead ignore her. No sense. Yep. No. It makes complete sense. (laughs) Maybe to him. No, you're right. Not at all. Sorry, guys, but he just annoys us to our fucking core. Yes, absolutely. So Detective Levy explains to Twatvar that that she felt like he stole it after no response and confirms that Trader Twat said he was going to look for a place to stay in Leesburg. Trader Twat says that he kind of panicked after he couldn't get a flight home and only had enough money to get a bus ticket. So he figured the best thing to do was to leave the keys in the van. And you know, unfortunately, I never made the call to say, hey, look, here is where your van is. I probably should have. Detective Levy states that he left the keys in the door of the van. But Twatvar doesn't remember that because someone went at the airport, took them out of the van and put them into the door and didn't steal 
the van. No. They, I guarantee you he left it there in hopes that someone would steal the van. 100% I agree. He has no common sense at all. <laughs> like, if you're, he just, this whole thing just makes him look guilty. Just mm. him talking. He should just not talk. Seriously. Detective Levy says, well, that's where we found him. And why didn't you take a Greyhound from Ocala? Twatvar states he was going for, for a flight, but he failed because he has no friends. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. wonder why. Detective Levy starts to ask about their relationship, that it had to have been decent for him to travel so far and for them to be remaining friends for so long. Tawatvar takes this time to state that he was strictly there for chores, but that Robin has helped him tremendously over in the, the last few years. But she also has pulled the rug from underneath him several times. And it, you know, explains why at this point he was cut in ties with her. And to this point, he has gone above and beyond to help her. Like she was there for you. Fuck face. Right. I just, I just, he aggravates me. Now, Detective Levy is asking about the night of the fight and him helping Robin with the tree at her house. Mm-hmm. Asked what was the fight about? Was she flipping out because she thought he was doing it wrong? Swat cuts him off and starts explaining how the first tree he had in cables to prevent it from falling on the house. Okay. He says, I'm not there to cause any damage. Detective Levy, of course not. So he continues how the tree fell off the truck while he was cutting and that it was definitely going to hit the house. So we ended up, well, Robin ended up asking the neighbor kid, who's like my age, but I like to say that because I'm a twat, (laughs) for help. And he came over and explained that he came over with tools and had helped him work on the trees for like three to four hours. Mm -hmm. He then explained that they all worked together and Robin drove her truck. So I'm guessing like Robin had the, they were setting it up where it was on Robin's truck where she would move it. Yeah, there was cables wrapped around the tree, I believe, and then cables to her truck. So as she drove the truck, it would pull the tree, you know. Yeah, but he almost took out her shed when he was cutting the second tree with this contraption of cables attached. And it obviously stresses Robin out because, you know, it's her home, but he was able to cut it himself. Mike had left and he left his cables. So there was three trees that needed to be cut down and Robin was quoted like $8,000. So, you know, he was being a great friend and was just there to help work on the trees and help her save money because he's such a great guy. Mm-hmm. But he went ahead and started on another tree and that's when she started to flip out on him. Detective Levy then asked him what was the reason she flipped out on him and Quat said that he didn't know if it was worrisome or a phone call she had just taken. He honestly didn't know. He says that there were times he thought Robin was doing hard drugs like meth he says and then brings up her knowing some guy named robert from the outlaws was staying with her and he knew him as well from the tattoo shop that him and robin owned together okay so they own this shop together and they met people through this this situation happened three times ago is what he says and then ben's situation happened and then another situation happened with robert again when he stole her dog and she ended up calling the cops and had him locked up for it after everything was done robin had asked twat not to be friends with him anymore and he blocked him because he was on drugs and the people she was letting in her house and stay with her were too he states that she would smoke hot with him and detective levy shoots back at him and says yeah i know she smoked weed i know you smoked weed i'm not really worried about all that no it has not this has nothing to do with drugs or any it has to do with where the fuck robin is mm-hmm. and why he took the van that's what this is about but he's already trying to throw other people's names out there mm-hmm. like he knows they know i'm sure he knows they have some suspicions mm-hmm. but he's being very honest and open no so Twatvar, she hung up with really questionable people. But he's not being judgmental or anything. But he did question their character and
him whether they would steal his shit. So he remembers that she can be erratic at times and after their argument, he went into the bathroom. Nope, into the bedroom. My bad. And he heard her talking on the phone with someone he didn't know. And if it was a guy or not, he doesn't didn't know that either. He was locked in his room and then the next morning is when he went to Lena's and to borrow slash steal her van. Detective Levy asked where he stayed at, like in the house, and he confirmed he was in the room to the right of the front door. Okay. And Robin was sleeping in the, her living room because he says, and this is another like crazy thing he says, that's like not crazy but it's like ironic he says she was a strange bird oh that is ironic since she was identified by the bird tattoo Mm -hmm. i mean in my opinion though she could sleep wherever the fuck she wants it's her fucking house right then twatvar says well if you don't mind me asking i mean is this is this all pertaining to the car or but actively he cuts him off and says a lot of it has to do with the car ask would anyone else have used the van besides him and lena twat says not that he's aware of detective levy asked him where the van the morning he went over to lena's to steal her van was because robin's truck was gone twat says that it was at Robin's then later switches it up when Detective Levy repeats what he says and he's like Twat says you know the mom would make me drop it back off at her house every time I would use it oh but this time when she reported it stolen he didn't think you had to convenient for you huh just I don't understand it he always contradicts himself mm-hmm. then Detective Levy asks that basically no one else but Robin's mom would use the car he answers that he doesn't think that Lena even drove so like we said he didn't know about her not driving so why would you leave it at Orlando Airport two hours away from her house. Again. It's just just mind-boggling. He contradicts himself. He's a little contradictor. Twatterictor. Fuck face. We hate him. Sorry. So he likes to bring other people involved. Mm -hmm. So when he asked him if, like, was there anyone else at Robin's house, he, when he was staying there, he says that that one guy was, Mike, the neighbor. And that she was very friendly with Mike. Twat says that she was moody with him, so he just kept to himself. He was only there to accomplish a goal. Detective Libby asked about the relationship. Was it a platonic relationship? Was it romantic, a business, or a friendship? Twat says that it was just a friendship relationship. Levy um, asked him if Robin was content with that relationship. Twatvar says no, she wasn't, and she wanted more than that. That she pushed that issue many times. Twat is a fucking twat. Sorry. Yes. Detective Levy asks if she had came on to him or was it just talked about. Twatvar says probably a little bit of both. Then Detective Levy asks him if they were romantic and he states that he made it, Chris states that he made it very clear to the mom and dad that it wasn't like that. That Robin had convinced them that it was like that and he had to make it very clear that it wasn't. Detective Levy then decides to make him look stupid and said that Robin's mom thought that he looked had, like that he had looked up to Robin like a mother hmm, like good. a mother son relationship good purely you, platonic Levy, good for you yes and it was just purely platonic and a friendship because Robin was like 20 years older than him which you know not not that it matters if you date someone older than you that's that old I mean especially but you got to be 18 like there's a there, yeah there's a there's a there's a legal age for a reason mm-hmm but, you know what I mean? Not that it matters, but she was older. It was like a mother-son relationship. Right. Then he decides to say, yeah, correct. Hmm. Convenient so, how he changes his mind with Detective Levy. say all that, like, banter he just did with Detective Levy about how she didn't accept that. Now he's going to say, yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. You're right, I lied. <laughs> like, what do you say to that? Like, how do you believe somebody telling you a story 
And then they just ramble most of the time. It's just like, I don't know how, like, shout out to all the detectives out there dealing with this bullshit. Yeah, I don't know how you guys do it, because I want to bring their neck and be like, I already know, dude. <laughs> Detective Levy continues that Lena definitely didn't think that they were romantic or that, they, that their relationship was anything like that. Mm-hmm. More like a motherly figure to him. When he was in town, that's how she perceived the relationship between them. So Detective Levy goes back to the argument and asks that he went to his room after it. And he says that he did. And that he, Chris, heard Robin on the phone and he came out and she was gone. Okay. So he goes to Lena's and he says it's like eight to eight, between eight and nine in the morning. Okay. The next morning. And that that was the last time he saw Robin's truck and Robin. Hmm. Detective Levy then asked if Twatvar spoke to Robin or heard from her. He says he thinks he sent a couple messages when he was in Orlando. Now, like his exact words. And I just told her, you know, I don't appreciate blah, blah, blah. But your mom is blowing me up. Can you tell her to stop while he was at the airport? Detective Levy, right. Any idea where she is? Twatvar, no, sir. She had sent me several messages about how she was tired of her mom and dad. And he received these messages right before he arrived in Florida. And then oddly, he brings up her daughter in Louisiana, which I don't understand. But, you know, again, he says weird ass shit. Detective Levy asked him, do you know what happened to Robin? Watvar, what do you mean? Detective Levy responds, I mean, do you know where she is? Do you know what is going on with her? Anything. Have you heard anything at all? Twatvar says, no, he hasn't talked to her since that night. Detective Levy, okay. Have you heard anything that has happened to her? If she's in trouble, that Twatvar cuts him off and says, no. Detective Levy's like, nothing? Okay, all right. And you never saw her again after you left Twat? No, sir. Detective Levy verifies that the date that they're talking about that he had left to go to Orlando Airport was June 7th in the morning. He went to Lena's house at between 8 and 9 on the 7th and then headed to Orlando Airport. Twat says that that sounded about right. And then he starts to ask about the plane ticket and who was supposed to buy him the plane ticket. And if that friend was Robin. Twat says that it was not Robin. It was some of his other friends. Mm-hmm. Detective Levy says he knows about his business, Maui Wowie, which is the rolling paper company. That he gave Mike. Mm-hmm. And Twat confirms that Robin had helped him with that and also other business ventures. Because she was a good friend. In person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And was always there for him when he needed her. He says that, you know, it obviously been respected and appreciated. And I thought this was so interesting that he says that he doesn't know anything about her, but he says Ben. That made me like, what? What you mean Ben, bro? You say you didn't know nothing. So how, what you mean Ben? Sorry. It just made me, it just stuck out to me. Like he tries to make a suggestion again that Robin was like jealous or something because she became upset at the tattoo convention. Quat said he hired two young girls to help him work the booths at like a tattoo convention and she became very possessive, moody, and weird and she threw a fit. Okay, again, I don't believe that because we just heard not that long ago that it was a motherly kind of relationship with him. That he looked up to her like a mother. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. I feel like she would have been all there for the money. Right. I think that's what's, to me, I feel like it had a lot to do with the money and him paying her back. Like how he says, I was primarily here for chores. So I feel like he's making a statement like, I was just here to pay her back in manual labor. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, he, she just said that she just was acting weird. 
Mm-hmm. But he goes on to say that basically their relationship was a business slash friendship. Robin helping him financially with business ventures, and he would help her with whatever she needed at the moment. There was a moment, I guess, she needed she had knee surgery, so she needed help. Mm-hmm. So he, she needed like some extra TLC, like anyone would, and needed help with her chores around her house and keep her, you know, her house functioning. Helping her with her parents. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Which he contradicts himself with saying the time he helped her with her knee surgery was a couple times from the last time when he's, he was asked by Detective Levy. Mm-hmm. But he had previously stated that he had only been to Robin's like three or four times. Okay. So it's just, he has a lot of stories for only coming around a short like amount of time, in my opinion. Right. Also, just a thought, this was interesting to say about your friend who was there for you and helped you tremendously. It's just terrible. Mm-hmm. His words on helping her with her knee surgery were, ice her leg and all this crap. I just can't stand him. (laughs) Anyways, says he met Robin through a friend named Mary who had a tragic and sad ending in life. With ending up in jail and being released to just then ODing the same day that she was released. Says that he was suspicious of her death because, you know, her husband, her ex-husband was an outlaw for some fucking reason. Mm. He wants to just throw everybody in there. In the mix. And, mm-hmm. So he goes on to tell another story about Mary's divorce mm-hmm. and what she is taking from her ex and how he talked Mary out of taking her ex's motorcycle. Which, I mean, I don't agree with him on a lot, but I do agree on that. Like, you don't... I wouldn't take no man's motorcycle. I wouldn't either. Right? Like, no. that's just... Don't do that, ladies. It's Honestly, not nice. Honestly, if I get... I don't want nothing from nobody. Exactly. Like, cut all ties and bye. Peace. To the Middle East. Mm-hmm talking Mary out of taking her ex-husband's motorcycle and says why not be considered a righteous bitch and give the man his bite back and for one hot second I you know like I said I agree with him I mean I don't understand what this has to do with anything I really don't but it's what happened in the interview basically they met through the tattooing and the interwebs Mary owned her own tattoo shop and I think was like a, a mentor to them Mm-hmm. When they started their own business. Okay. And for some reason, this fucking man brings up some Russian dude. He nicknames him Demon Ed into the mix, which has no significance of what we're talking about at all. I don't think anything he's brought up has any really significance. In I feel like case. it's a bunch of bullshit, but like within little that pieces. bullshit, there's little pieces. Yeah. That yeah. tell the real story. It's like he's throwing all these men's names and people around to basically have nothing to do, like, it has nothing to do with the last night that he spoke with Robin on June 6th. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing, nothing of what he's asking. But anyways, back to his story. So Robin and him tried to open up their own shop, and it was going to be called Zen Tattoo in Bellevue. Like, he lived out in Florida and had a solid relationship with her and even started a business with her. And he didn't, like, it just doesn't sound like you visited her three to four times. Like, it's just, it's funny how, you get what I'm saying? Like, that's why he contradicts himself. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Well, I guess maybe with, if he's using the word visit, maybe, you get what I'm saying? Like, that he could, I was saying I visited her, not when I lived there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. You made Sorry. it sound. That was fantastic. I to sound like a doofus. Cool, you did. It was great. Thanks. Kudos to you. Thank you. But anyways, he made like he makes it sound like he was barely in her life or some shit. Like that just aggravates me when they really honestly were in each other's lives more than he tries to pretend that they weren't. Right. 
But back to the tattoo shop. He was telling them, telling Detective Levy how he built it from scratch and it costed about $20,000 for all the work to be done to the place. Mm -hmm. And that Robin didn't pay the first month's rent, but then backpedals and says, well, the agreement was originally when the Maui Wowie rolling papers, which I'm pretty sure that he had it in his name. I don't think Robin's name is in that, but she helped fund. Mm -hmm. He couldn't have made that possible without her. But it was supposed to be shipped to his house from Hawaii and that was supposed to help him pay for the rent Mm -hmm. of Zen Tattoo. Which I'm sure that Robin, you know, was not happy about that and that's why she refused. Right. It makes sense. Like, Robin funded this. I'm pretty sure she funded all the renovations in that shop. So here comes your time to shine and your time to hold your end of the agreement and now you're not. So I feel like from that moment, like, they would have issues in their relationship because he wasn't holding his end of the bargain and she was over here helping him build an empire essentially with, you know. Right, and then she's losing money in the mix as well. With all mm-hmm. of his little ventures that he likes to come up with. Well, I'm pretty sure that he, she did fund everything because he says, I'm by tooth and nail. So, you know, financially struggling. So basically he didn't come up with his end of the agreement. Right. On the payment. Like we said, Robin probably was over him. Absolutely. And anyone would be. Mm-hmm. Back to his story. Robin had told the landlords to F off and she wasn't paying. So they locked him they locked him out of the tattoo shop illegally. He says, so she ordered him to break in and grab all their property chairs and shit, and he winded up getting arrested. Like, she asked him to break into the tattoo shop because they locked him out of it illegally, which it was illegal. It come to find out. The charges, like, he was on camera doing this. So it wasn't like he couldn't say, no, I didn't do that. But it was because they did it illegally, they didn't, they couldn't, there was no charges pressed. Okay. Robin had to pay for the window, but refused and said, I'll pay when I'm damn good and ready. I mean, she's feisty, but that's not a crime. No, not at all. Ain't nothing wrong being a feisty female, ladies. Nope. Don't let these men tell you otherwise. Feisty, feisty. Hell yeah. But the reason, ladies and gents, that he is stating all these stories is because he states that he washed his hands with her because it was always one incident after another and he was done. Except he isn't so done with her that he had asked her to invest slash loan him $16,000 for his own Bitcoin, a.k.a. Maui Waui crypto. So he was starting a Bitcoin company as well. Oh, okay. Which now, I don't know if that has to do with the Maui Waui rolling paper. I don't think so because it's a cryptocurrency, which is like a virtual currency. But I don't, it wouldn't be shipped to him. So like, I didn't know what he meant because he says that he was waiting for a shipment. That's why he couldn't pay his end of the rent. So he's going to use pretend money? <laughs> It's not for 10 money. It's real <laughs> money. But I don't, know. I don't know if it was that or if it was because he named them both Maui Wowie. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it wasn't It wasn't very clear. He doesn't, any, nothing he says is clear. <laughs> but like I was saying, like it wouldn't be shipped to him. If anything, it would be transferred into his bank account. So he would be able to use it. Right. So it didn't make sense to me. I don't know. Unless I'm missing something. Whatever. He goes into detail about the Bitcoin, a.k.a. the cryptocurrency, which is real money, honeys. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. It's not fake. It just sounds fake. That's why I was like... <laughs> no, I know. But I thought it too. That's why I looked it up. But it's real monies. And even cryptography, which is the art of writing or solving codes. But Detective Levy cuts him off and asks him, you know, did he owe Robin any money? He mm-hmm. said the $16,000 from the Bitcoin, which... Are you guys ready for this headbanger? He fucking sold to a company and says that they owe Robin and not him. No, if he sold it, that means he gets he got money from it. 
And then he would give Robin the 16000 she was owed from the money he got from selling it. Nope, that's not it. They owe her, not him. That's how it works, though. Like, and he told her she would have to go after them for her money, which I found so enraging yeah. and odd because he did say that he put her name on things as well. But if he did, it, he she would have got some money. So he's such a liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> He really is, though. He says that he was helping pay back the debt to her with helping her out with her parents and working on her house and, you know, the chores. It's just, like, things that make you go, hmm, I understand why she would be a little bit upset with you. Uh, I can understand she was a lot of upset with him. You owe her $16,000. Whether you sold it, you are the one who owes it to her. You got paid. Like, they paid you and bought you out of that company. So, therefore, you take what they paid you. Take the $16,000 and pay Robin. That's how business works. No wonder Robin had to help him because he seems oblivious on how things work. What also I don't understand is if he did sell it and the company gave him money, where is that money? Because you couldn't make your end of the bargain on things because you didn't have any money. You say that you were struggling. I, I don't know. Nothing he says makes any sense. I know, I really... guys, and I'm sorry. Like, we're going from quantum physics and stuff like that. Like, he doesn't make any sense. You know, he was talking about the cryptography, which is the art of writing and solving code and how he and Robin had a patent and you know he just rambles a lot and it, he likes the sound it's so intellectual NASA <laughs> fucking NASA looked at his LinkedIn LinkedIn how do you say it the L-I LinkedIn LinkedIn okay why don't you say yeah you're saying it right NASA looked at his account oh really mm -hmm. and oh. it freaked him out so he deleted it and he got so curious about a year later I'm sorry a year and a half later and he looked it up like space growing I guess and would you look at that NASA looked at at his theory it was on their site they put out stuff about doing actual space growing that's what he says uh, yeah I'm sure <laughs> because I'm Which, sure he wouldn't be the one who would go after NASA and say that was mine which tickled him, but it also frustrated him. Because, you know, being a great thinker... Yeah. He's proven he's a great thinker right now through this whole interview so far. Detective Levy. Right. Yeah, I feel you, Detective Levy. Twatvar. Again, I'm sorry if you're not used to this by now, but if you haven't noticed he's an asshole, I'm sorry. I apologize. He says, being surrounded by, you know, just dysfunctional people... <laughs> he's a great thinker. And, and he just was around dysfunctional people. Yep. That's what it you was. Know, because that was their fault that he was around them. Like, he wasn't a grown man. I, I can't. I just... Shut up, Twatvar. I get this point. <laughs> He's I just been, an asshat. I'm going to tell you right now, Detective Baby has fantastic patience. Because listening to this rambling, I would have been like, Sir, like... Shut the fuck point, up. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not... I don't care. Mm-hmm. So Detective Levy asked again if he had any contact with Robin at all, and Twat says again, no sir. Detective Levy now getting to the real reason why he is there. Mm -hmm. You know, the meat and potatoes of the interview, <laughs> as my hubby likes to say. Detective Levy, well obviously I'm not just here for a stolen van. You know, I'm sure you would think it would be unusual for someone to fly from Florida to Texas to talk to you about a stolen van. Christopher Chwatvar. I've seen some pretty interesting things in my time, but Detective Levy interrupts him. Yeah, okay. So Robbins, I'm working a homicide. Twatvar, okay. Who's homicide? Detective Levy, Robbins. And since Twatvar was the last person to see her alive, he needs some information from Chris to see where to focus his, his investigation. He needs to see if he has any clues as to what happened or who was involved and that he needs him to be upfront as much as possible with it. He has prior to him leaving. 
Detective Levy continues to go on to say that Robin's mom, her daughter, and her grandchildren are besides themselves with this news. They want some answers as to what happened to Robin. Detective Levy says that he knows that Chris parked her truck at an internet cafe parking lot on 119th and 441. Christopher Twatvar's response to that is, I did. Detective Levy says that he has a video and it shows him parking it on the side parking lot, getting out in the downpouring rain, like crazy rain, you know, like Florida crazy rain. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it's like a tsunami in one one minute. And clear the next. Mm-hmm. And then he just walks away. So he gets out of the truck and just walks away in the rain. And he he's kind of curious because that would be after when he said that Robin had left with her truck. Twatvar. Oh my God. Detective Levy tries to make him see that he believes it was an accident and that he understands with her mental state and him busting his butt for her. Twatvar says he thinks he needs a lawyer. So Detective Levy says, well, if that's what you want, then okay, but then I can't talk to you anymore about it. And he says, are you sure you want a lawyer? Twat says that he'll hear what the detective has to say, but basically saying that let me see your deck against mine and then I'll make my move. Cheetah, cheetah, pumpkin eater. Detective Levy was like, okay. So it reminds this douchebag that Robin has a family that loves and cares about her and just wants answers to know what happened to her. Because that is gruesome, the way that she was found Absolutely. and discovered. Very suspicious. Like, I can't imagine. I really can't. So he wants to get closure for them. And the only way he can do this is through Chris. Detective Levy goes on to say that he looked into his background and from what he can see without meeting Christopher is that he's just a man busting his butt trying to get by. Twatvar. There's fucking drug dealers raising their families. Detective Levy, yeah. And then Twatvar continues, and I don't even get to see my fucking kids. Chris has three children of his own, a boy and two girls that obviously he's not in their lives, and that's everyone else's fault but his own. So they go back and forth about how he was trying to make people rich by doing the Bitcoin thing, and so he goes back to say, like, oh, I was just trying to make everyone rich, so he was trying to make more money for them. Right, but I'm I feel sure. like if you would have made more money, you would have dipped out on her real fucking quick. Oh, absolutely. Detective Levy states that, you know, he sees Chris as a stand-up guy and that he did something that was totally out of his character. And he's a smart guy and he isn't trying to pull the wool over his eyes. Swat says he probably needs to talk to a lawyer. Detective Levy states that if he is asking for an attorney, he can't ask any more questions. Swatvar, I want to help you, my brother, but obviously at this point, my life is in danger. Detective Levy asks why he feels that way. And his response is, well, you're, you're pointing fingers at a homicide. Detective Levy basically says that he was the last person to see her and he just wants to know if Chris can help him with answers to what happened to her. He says, but if you're requesting an attorney, I can't ask any more questions because, you know, everything he says is not going to be used in court. Right. Twatvar asks if his mom is around. Detective Levy says that she was at home. And he would stand by his word of getting him to talk to her. He says that he heard a bunch of things from people, truth and lies, and he understands where he is sitting. He, it could be a scary situation being where he's at. So he's trying to, like, you know, I understand where you're coming, like, what's going on. And he says, like, you know, it could be scary. Twatvar, I'm not scared, brother. <laughs> Detective Levy, or concerned or whatever. But Twatvar says, I'm embarrassed. Detective Levy, it doesn't hurt my feelings if you lied in the beginning. Twat says he hasn't lied to him. Detective Levy states that if he still wants to talk to him, it's cool, but he keeps asking for an attorney, so legally, Detective Levy has to stop asking questions, so basically leaves it up for him to decide what to do, and lays the family stuff, like he lays into, like, you know, 
to be compassionate and you know their her family wants to know what's going on so you would want somebody to do that for your family right you know your mother so he basically leaves it up for him to decide and that it would benefit everyone even his own family to end this with some type of closure Clover asks you know detective lee how he found him detective levy says i'm not sure really just got a phone call and they said they found you and i was on my way He says he just wants to talk man to man and is trying to be respectful and not too pushy. Chris says that he wants to talk with him, but he isn't sure what the consequences are. Detective Libby, all right, that's your right. Twatvar waives extradition extradition, Mm -hmm. and he should be in Florida by next week. Okay. Detective Libby tells him to reach out to him if he decides to talk and help him bring closure to everyone involved. Twatvar still wants to be given the circumstances, he says. Detective Libby says he understands that the info Chris has and what that could do to him. Twatvar says, I'm not worried about that bro detective levy i promised your mom i would treat you good and like a man i will but i can't talk to you if you want an attorney and he can't ask and that you know he can't ask him any more questions right so he's got some time to think and talk it over with his mom twatvar i met billy detective levy billy woods twatvar he knows who i am detective levy oh yeah how did you meet billy twatvar i voted for him detective levy he's a good man Changed the sheriff's department for the better. Says that he'll help him work out talking with his mom. So, like, he he's weird. He just says random things. Like, feel sorry for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a victim. <sighs> so frustrating. Bringing up, like, the commissioner or whatever of the town. Or, like, the Like, he the knows someone big. Like, I know Captain him. I voted. Bum- <sighs> I don't oh, know. Okay. Name dropping guys, shit. Are you guys fist bumping? <laughs> So, you know, Detective Levy says that he'll keep his word on helping, you know, him talking with his mom. And then once he's in Florida, if he wants to reach out to him, he's giving him his personal cell phone number. Twatvar, well, I guess I'm going to calculate what's the fucking difference between me telling you what happened down here or in Florida. I mean, it's pretty fucking incriminating that I was crawling out of her van, truck, or whatever. It was self-defense, bro. And I know that sounds crazy, but she came at me with a knife screaming at me. Detective Levy? Chris, I want to listen to everything you have to say but you mentioned attorney so I have to stop talking with you so he wants to make sure that it's 100% covered that he can get this into court you know right and nothing can be dismissed so he's going to give him five minutes to think it over and come back and see what he decides Chris asks for a cigarette Detective Levy you know I'll do what I can and he leaves Chris Chris is like, whatever, dude. He's such a fucking dick. Detective Levy comes back into the room after four minutes, reads him his Miranda rights again, asks if he's sure he wants to talk with him, and Twatvar responds, what do you want? Detective Levy, do to know what happened. Do you want to talk to me? Twatvar, I was cutting the last tree. Detective Levy, I don't mean to interrupt you, but do you want to talk to me? Yes or no? I have to have you say yes or no. Twatvar responds, can you tell me what I get? I guess it doesn't matter. I'm just embarrassed. Detective Levy, still trying to confirm. Do you want to talk to me, Chris? Twat, yeah. But I would like to know what, and then Detective Levy cuts him off and is like, what, what the outcome is? I don't know because I need you to fill in the blanks. Talks him up a bit again, saying that he's a good eye, he's honest, and that his mom is with him no matter what. So it was after the second tree. Twatvar, yeah. Going on and she started yelling at me. And I was on the back porch smoking a cig, taking a break. Speaking of break, this is the end of Robin's Karma Part 1. Press that play button for Robin Karma's Part 2 to finish up our terrifying tale. Two weird moms. Ah!